Hello and welcome to this week's installment of Where's My Burrito with me, Christian Torres, and my co-host, Mr. Max McCarty. Hey, everybody. Hey, Max, you fucking followed orders. This is so happy. I want you to know that that's like, sometimes. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go sometimes ahead. the funniest thing that you can do in a situation <laughs> is do what is expected of you, but what people don't expect you to do. Listen, let See, me. I've been breaking the rules yeah. every single week just to finally follow them this week. If I can give you a behind the scenes, as I'm doing that intro, I'm sweating, okay? A white knuckle thrill ride. I'm like, is Max, for fuck's sake, just going to do the intro normal? Um, and then you did it, and I swear to God, it was like a fucking angel touched my cheek, man. Touched by an angel, if you will. So thank you so much, Max. I appreciate that. Um, hey, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, always, man. And soon, uh, in person, like a thing. Like, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about this on Abandoned Cast of yesteryear mm -hmm. but uh big news man do you want to break it or, or should i uh big news is that i am like 99 percent for sure going to be transferring to staten island and living in brooklyn and this gentleman right here christian torres is going to be my roommate yes you looking at a place in bay ridge potentially dude i'm on fucking hype i mean bay ridge is legit how are you feeling I mean, I'm excited about Bay Ridge, man. I get to try some like actual like Middle Eastern food, some mm -hmm. Norwegian food, maybe in the same day. And how many people can say that? Not anybody in Tampa, I'll tell you that much. Or Norwegia. I've, I've, yeah, or Norwegia. Norwegia, or, or <laughs> Norwegia as they call it. I call. I've got fucking Applebee's and Wawa, and that's yeah. it right now. Like at this hour. Yeah, man. It sucks. Still better than Norwegia, bro. You got Norwegia on blast. <laughs> yeah, that place is a cultural wasteland. Uh, place be Siberia. Norwegia is like the African version of Norway. You know, it's just <laughs> fucked up. It's just ravaged by, you know, colonization. Fucking. It's it's like Kazakhstan and Borat. It's exactly. just like a fucking <laughs> shithole, muddy country. Uh, where everybody's racist. <clears throat> Yeah, man. So just like home, just like yeah. just like the states. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry to bring the. That, sorry to bring everything. Yeah, that, hey! that hit a little closer. <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's, okay. let's get away from that. <laughs> Is that how you're gonna shock us out of like a downward slump? You're just gonna go, hey, hey man. Yeah. I feel like if I if I grab your face with my voice, mm -hmm. that I've done. I've done my <laughs> job. You know. Well. Uh, consider my face grabbed with your loud ass voice continue sir what <laughs> what do you go. want to talk about uh look dude i don't want this to devolve into a movie thing because i got things i want to talk about in the back end of this yeah fuck see... movies they all suck every single one okay maybe <laughs> we gonna talk about two at least okay you can okay. choose which one we talk about first it's really up to you but i saw uh, new jurassic world this week and i saw the incredibles like two hours ago so I don't know what you, you've seen both of them, right? I have seen both of them. Okay. Choose your own adventure. R.L. Stein, motherfucker. Where, where do you want to go here? Uh, let's talk about the Incredibles first. Now you were telling me before we started that you had a particularly bad audience experience. And like, I can say from experience and I'm sure anybody who's ever been in a movie theater that if you're with a shit audience, it can really severely impact how you take in a movie. Right, dude. This was next level. Like I've had bad experiences before. You and yeah. I saw The Departed together, which is yeah. a great film, but has always lived in the theater going experience <laughs> lore, right? Because you remember this. We had that one woman who was just like yeah. commenting on every scene, and it was horrible. And there were these moments that were really impactful. And we remember when, uh, when, when uh, DiCaprio gets shot, and mm -hmm. they show the other dude. 
we're all like, fuck, what a powerful moment. She like, yeah. he the other informant. And we're like, God damn it, lady. <laughs> like, Thanks for narrating me through what I literally just fucking watched. Uh, Christ. Which kind of happened to me a little bit during The Incredibles this time. Oh, it okay. Was much, it, was, it was next to me. It was very quiet, though. But it was this couple. And after everything happened, like during the short film, <laughs> Bow or whatever, uh-huh. you're like, oh, that's his son. Oh, oh, look, she ate him. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, oh no, he's, he's here again. Right. Oh, 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 he's going off to college. It's I like, feel yep, like that is literally what is happening I in front like of me. I feel like you and I were in the same theater, even though we're a thousand miles away from each other, dude. Yeah, but I, I just exactly leaned as far away from them as I could and like just kind of did a little one of these on the <laughs> armrest and there was no one next to me and it was, it was still great, you know? And I All eat right. my popcorn. Well, I'm so, glad uh, it was not too overwhelming for you. Um, yeah, overall, very respectful audience because I was expecting any, having worked in a movie theater, kids' yeah. movies are always like a nightmare cacophony. And, and, of, and that's the thing. Listen, you know, maybe it's on me, dude. Why am I expecting to go to a fucking Pixar movie and 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 not be fucking bothered by kids? Like, I should yeah. go at like midnight, you know? Yeah, which is around, like, I went at like a 10 o'clock showing because I knew just like this is always going to be shitty during the day yeah no and that i feel like it is my fault ultimately but i was also like i guess i don't realize that uh, kids are out of school you know that's another thing i keep forgetting right now so i'm just like surely in the middle of the day no problem right so i don't know it's a whole fucking thing um before i get into that that short movie freaked me out man (laughs) i'm gonna be honest (laughs) freaked me out a little bit i don't know why man i I was like immediately in a bad mood because it was being narrated for me like loudly like in my ear like it was loud whispering like tv whispering you Mm -hmm. know like where instead of like they were like oh that kid is is her son oh man like in a hushed tone at full volume so i was just like i hate this movie i hate the incredibles already i haven't even seen it and i hate these people next to me I'm yeah. Sorry, continue. No, no. I mean, I, there's nothing about the theater going experience which was terrible, but that film itself freaked me out. I was yeah. like put off by it for some reason, and I get what they were doing. Still freaked me out. She ate a fucking bow, and bow had eyes, and then grew some fucking hair. Very creepy. Yeah, yeah. Her eating the the child was like the whole theater, like the bottom dropped out from it. That's what I'm saying, dude. We were like, "What the fuck?" And I don't care how they walk it back like two scenes Mm -hmm. later. Nah, son, she ate that fucker, man. It really freaked me out. So I was already like annoyed with the people in the crowd, and then I had to see that shit happen. Freaked me out. Then Incredible starts, and it's like I wanted to love it so much, but again, like I have this fucking kid behind me, and he's a baby. So I can't be mad at him because he's a fucking baby. Aww. But he's I can't baby be. Kid. I can't be mad at the fucking parents who gave no fucks. Like, here's the thing. It's like I get it, dude. You want to go see a movie? You have a kid. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a life. I get that, dude. Yeah. But my problem is this: like, don't you, make it, it my problem, dude. Exactly. Like, if your kids start crying, pick up your kid and go outside for yeah. a second. Like, that's all I'm asking. That. Seriously, yeah. calm him down. But do not let him sit there and scream for uninterrupted for two minutes. Like yeah. two full minutes that happened. And if he wasn't screaming, kicking the back of my seat. And if not kicking the back of my seat, dropping his sippy cup so it rolls past me and then I'm the only one who can get it for him. And if not that, fucking ringtones going off. Like, dude, it was Honestly, a fucking nightmare, man. If I were you with the sippy cup, I would have like hit it and not given it back to him. 
I would like, no, this is mine now. Yeah. If you can't hold on that. to your shit, this is mine now. I was going to pick it up, look them in the eye, and throw it fucking four How how, how much of a baby kid was this baby kid? Uh, like, like maybe, what age? Maybe like just walking around. Like I don't know when you start walking. Two, like like maybe one, one, two. one two. Yeah, one and a half, yeah. something like oh, that. Okay. Like really little. I mean, he wasn't. So so time for him to start learning some harsh lessons about you know <laughs> respecting other people's space. Dude, it was just one of those things where I couldn't believe it. And then at the end of the movie, I get up and we'll circle around to the actual movie. But yeah. uh, at the end of the movie, I get up and I just like the lights come up and I glance behind me to look at this fucking woman. And she's looking at me like I'm the asshole, like I'm the fucking piece of shit who well, would were, were dare. You, like making loud sighing sounds or like complaining to Dolores no, or anything? I was really chill for the entire time, except for one moment where the second time he cried for two minutes consecutively, but it was at the height of an action sequence too. So I couldn't Uh, even enjoy the action sequence, you know, uh, because all this shit's going on. And I was like, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. But I said it when it was a loud thing going on and he was, so I don't even know if she fucking heard me, man, but it was the Mm -hmm. only thing I said because I wasn't going to try to start some shit with anyone, like let alone a fucking mom who just wanted to bring her kids. But before the film, she's talking about like, I really should have gave him a nap, but I didn't. And I'm like, what the fuck? dude? (laughs) Like, you know what you did. You know exactly what you did. You brought in a live grenade. It's like she made her bed and now you've all got to sleep in it. Oh man. But you know, that's the thing. She, she was, she was wonderful about it. You know, she's a great mom. She didn't (laughs) care, but and that's, that's what being a, a great mom is indulging that's your an ideal, fucking asshole yeah just to get him to you know shut up um well i'm sorry for that during jurassic world i had a crying screaming baby next to me across the aisle mm-hmm. but i was totally fine with it because the movie was dumb which we can also get to later <laughs> we will um just to, to parlay that jurassic world was interesting for me because there were a bunch of four-year-olds in the theater and they were all fucking respectful four-year-olds and when nice. the movie got done, they cheered and were so excited. And I was thinking to myself, like, because I was like three when that movie came out, right? Or when I saw yeah. it, I was like three. And I'm like, dude, fuck yeah. Like, I know that ain't my Jurassic Park and whatever, yeah. but like the, the, to see dinosaurs on the screen, that means right. something to these kids. And I, but I was what, with what does make me a little bit sad, like I, I get you and I had yeah. that moment too. There were some respectful kids in my theater. But at the same time, I was like, this is the first Jurassic Park movie probably that they're seeing. Like, yeah. this is what Jurassic Park is going to be. This is their ground zero. Growing up, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, like, really kind of fucking sad that, like, uh, a second rate, it, it's almost an asylum movie with a really big budget. Yeah, well, if you take any comfort, it's like, listen, man, we went back and found all the great things we were supposed to find, you know? Mm-hmm. You know even, even like, like, it's weird. It's like, how many Star Trek films came out in our lifetime? Um, like our lifetime, like from 90 on, like you had a couple yeah. of the next generation ones and you had the reboots and shit like that. There were a bunch, but like time and, and pop culture told us like, yo, Wrath of Khan's fire, bro. You had to go watch that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, hopefully when these kids get older and they're, and they want to find like good fucking art, people will be like, oh, you know that shit that you grew up on? It's garbage. Go back. You know, <laughs> it's like the Star Wars kids. You have to imagine some people who saw the Phantom Menace when they were kids, right? Like that's kind of us. It's like, we it saw Phantom Menace. Granted, I saw Star Wars original trilogy before that, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, uh, but also you do see that sect of the message boards where people are like, you know, a lot of people dump on the prequels, but they're really not so bad. I grew up with them, and they're pretty great. I like Jar Jar, too. He's kind of funny. Remember <laughs> when he steps in the dookie? And, like, I can just see message boards 15 years from now being like, well, yeah, you know, uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, like, that's my Jurassic Park. And, like, I hope that the studious 
film centric kids are going to go back and see the original and see the difference at some point well you have to fucking hope because otherwise what are any of us doing what why are we waking up doing our jobs carrying <laughs> why are we getting out of bed every yeah, day if, if, if the if, legacy if, of jurassic park isn't intact not jurassic park and others but seriously <laughs> right like that should have been kennedy's fucking speech man seriously <laughs> we choose to go to the moon and preserve jurassic park a movie that came out fucking jurassic 30 park. years after he died chowder <laughs> oh christ uh anyway let's let's jump to incredibles we'll jump back to jurassic park if we can all right the actual movie incredibles is like hard to explain man because again the theater experience was so rough that i like couldn't really properly enjoy some of the set pieces which yeah. were fucking incredibly directed a few of them were mm-hmm. um and then if it wasn't during the action set pieces the like the small character moments i'm supposed to give a shit about were also oftentimes interrupted by like being kicked so it was like hard for me to like 100% do it. I need to rewatch it. But right off the bat, I mean, like I thought it was good. I don't think Brad Bird makes bad movies. I haven't seen Tomorrowland. So, right. you know, Same. let me put that caveat yeah. out, out there. But um, it's not the first film, you know, and I think that that's it's really not. It's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, 14 years and that thing was so singularly great <clears throat> that it was going to be hard to recapture that anyway. And I know that we're all, we all believe in the Pixar brand and it's always going to prevail, but it kind of didn't for me. And that's not to say it was bad. Okay. Again, there was like some, a couple scenes that were like really fucking great. Um, I think we agree. There was like that part that like uh, evokes fucking Fincher for a minute, right? You got Mm -hmm. like some seven, some Zodiac, like this is great shit. There were great moments in it, but it felt like such a weaker story. And also villain wise, it was just like, I don't know. It's yeah. it almost suffers the same thing as Jurassic World, the the new one, which is just like, but you know where the double cross is coming. Like I feel right. like you know, and that relieves all the tension right. uh, of what's well, supposed you, to you happen. You know, because it introduces Bob Odenkirk and Catherine Keener, right, uh, yeah. the brother and sister duo, and you know that at least one of them is going to end up being behind everything that's happening. And I wasn't sure which one it was going to be, but. You know, like when the double cross comes, it's like, oh, that's no surprise. Obviously, it's not the pizza guy. It's not some rando. Yeah. Um, And and like even in the script, they try to play it like, oh, until the last possible moment. Right. Like she's helping Elastigirl fucking figure out. But if she didn't want you, blah, 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 blah. Still doesn't matter. Like there was no shock or surprise to it. So much so where I'm just I like turned to Dolores and I'm like that snarky person. I'm like, but that's just been telegraphed this whole fucking time, dude. Like, yeah. And that's something that like, and it's not a cardinal. I mean, but isn't it? If you know what's gonna happen, isn't that a cardinal sin, man? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I also think that it was a mistake to keep the family separated um, for as long as the movie does. Um, and I know that that was a part of the themes or whatever, but part of the magic of the original film is to see all of those powers play off of each other in really creative ways. You have a lot of set pieces where they're all trying to find each other and then they come together and it's like this great glorious moment. And I never really had that moment with this movie, unfortunately, yeah. which maybe that makes me a basic bitch, you know, but um, I think that there's something about animation as a medium that is very suited towards uh, superhero shit in general because it's limitless what you can do Mm -hmm. you know with the physical space it's you know all on a computer anyway and there are parts of this movie that are as good as any action sequence i've ever seen you know honestly um because of what you're able to do and it looks beautiful but it didn't have that same spark that same narrative uh momentum 
that the first one did. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like it was, it looked fucking gorgeous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there were moments where I was like fucking blown away and I'm like, God damn man, Pixar. It's every time I watch a Pixar movie, I'm more blown away because I'm just like, fuck, you know, they'd somehow find a way to keep, keep that envelope pushed. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, man, that was a fucking issue. I don't know. Like I'm just replaying this fucking movie in my mind and it's like, I don't want to be so jaded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the truth is like the, the what you're saying about the action sequences is absolutely true. Um, whenever mm-hmm. he, when he was doing some of the action sequences at the end where like you have void like throwing mm-hmm. people through all this and you have all those combination of scenes, I'm like, Yeah, it's fucking great. Like that stuff's fun, but it's not the characters that we care about, you know? Like Void's right. cool, but I don't have an emotional attachment to her, you know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean there, there's this great uh part in the first one, um, where Elastigirl is telling the kids who have stowed away on the airplane when they're going to rescue the dad or whatever, like, these guys don't care that you're kids. They will shoot you. They will kill you. You are in danger. It sets up these, like, very real stakes. And so every time you see those kids on screen, they're literally running for their lives. They're fighting for their lives. And I guess they are in this one, but it didn't really feel like the stakes were there emotionally. No, if I can just butt in right here. My favorite part of that first movie, and this is make make me a bad person, but I was just like, what the fuck? I didn't know you can get this emotional, (laughs) was Mm -hmm. the scene where Mr. Incredible is tied up in the first film and Holly Hunter's flying the plane and she's like radioing in, like, please, I have children on board. You know what I mean? Like that whole fucking scene is like heart fucking wrenching. Mm -hmm. And then you and hear like, the explosion and you just see his face and you're like, oh my God, he's man. like completely like, shattered and he almost kills Mirage, but he can't yeah. bring himself to do it and he just hangs his head down. Yeah. That's my fucking point. Like mm. that moment was so powerful and I'm like, oh man, Brad Bird's had 15 years to give me something yeah. as good as that. Well, we never get it, dude. Apparently though, to the movie's credit, it did get rushed by a full year. It was supposed to come out next year, but then they decided to do Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. So they told Brad Bird at last minute, yeah, you've got to release this a year early. Okay. So like to the credit of the production, they were managed to like, for lack of a better word, shit out a very solid B, B minus movie for me. Yeah. Ugh, well, that's always, but, but they, great. but they left a lot of things on the cutting room floor. I mean, I don't know if I'm being too hard on it, but um, there are parts that I love, but it did not cohere for me. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I but again, it's like, it's a beloved fucking thing, you know? And Beyond that, I think people don't really recognize the influence it had on comic book, comic book movies and superhero movies in general. You yeah. know, like it came right at that boom. Um, how many, how many, uh, how many fucking films? You had like two Spider Mans at that point. You had a couple X Men. You know what I mean? Like the Marvel yeah. Universe was a twinkle in Kevin Feige's eye. Like nothing was happening <laughs> yet. You know? And that's right. my point. It's like it informed so much of what was. To and come. it's it's still one of the best superhero movies ever made. And I don't think anything's really gonna. There's very few things that come close to it for me. Do you think we're getting a third? Or do you think Brad Bird will... Uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want a third one, but I feel like... At you this wouldn't point, want one? No, because... See, see I, I, I want to give him the shot because apparently he left a lot of things on the cutting room floor that he wanted to put in this one that he was had to exercise. Sure, but said, what's... It's enough for another movie. But what's the point if they're going to tell him he's got to do it in a year? You know what I mean? Like, if, if it's going to be the same situation, then that's that's not... But I'll tell you something. <clears throat> hmm. Pete Doctor just took over, right? Pete Doctor and, and the lady, and I'm sorry I'm blanking on her name, but she directed Frozen. So it's yeah. like they took over for Lasseter. Okay. I love Pete Doctor. Um, and I think that since he was a guy who worked as a director, right, he did um, Up and, and Inside Out. Um, I think since he knows uniquely what it is to be in that position, to work as a director in this pipeline where there's that dude overseeing everything, it's like, I think he's going to give a lot more 
time and patience yeah. to those projects and a lot less sexual harassment hopefully <laughs> i mean like I, we, one would hope <laughs> but i think yeah. that's why they hire two of them like there's an accountability system here okay you gotta right. be fucking tattletales that's, so that's um real. uh you know that's what i'm hoping for i don't know if that's what's gonna happen but one can hope you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll right the ship. You know, he'll uh, get it back on track, and they'll stop making fucking cars movies for no reason. Um, I mean, dude, that's what blew me away. I saw that Lassiter directed not only Cars One but Cars Two, and I'm like, Lassiter directed that? Like, <clears throat> not Lassiter's nephew or some shit? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I, I I can't shit too much on Cars because I've never seen him, but there's nothing about that that appeals to me enough. They're to not good. To go check they're, it out. Yeah, they're not good films. <laughs> like, what, I'll that's let all you know. I've ever heard. Um, just like C-grade films. But again, it makes you upset because you're like, well, he directed Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2, and those were real good. Like, do we, is he a genius or is he, is which Lasseter is real? Toy Story Lasseter or fucking Cars Lasseter? Who's to say, man? I mean, there's some directors that uh, don't, they do a real good job and then they start sucking, you know? Who? Give me um, uh, Duncan Jones. Dun- Duncan Jones. Fuck, Moon was so good, man. He, he does uh. great with Moon. He does pretty good with Source Code. Then he does Warcraft. And then he does Mute. Was Mute really bad? I didn't see it. Apparently, it was really bad. The mm. trailer was like almost unwatchable. So I can't imagine what the movie was like. Hey, man. Like a bunch he, of made Moon. F, so. he made Moon. He made bro. Moon, bro. <laughs> but you got to watch it. You never so know. I, I feel like it's a real Lassiter situation, you know? That's how I felt about like Richard Kelly. That's one I would add to this. It was Donnie Darko oh, yeah. and then uh, Southland Tales. And then you're like, which I'm a defender of. I'm a big fan of Southland Tales, despite how fucking awful it is. All right. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But I like it. Uh, but then he does like what the box that fucking Twilight Zone episode. Then he does nothing for a decade because no one wants to give him money. Like, I mean, the box was kind of lit, man. Like it what? gets pretty Franklin crazy. Franklin <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Franklin Gellas like missing half of his face, and he walks into their house. He's like, "Hey, you want to press this button, and someone will die, and you'll get money." It's Mars like, trust like, me, I've obviously. got half a face. <laughs> does yeah. it? Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, my point is that, uh, you know, you're right. A director never really reveals himself. You can make a bunch of good movies. Remember, M. Night made three movies that people liked, whether you liked them or not, right? Six Sense, Unbreakable, and, and Signs comes out. They're all critically yeah. liked. And we're all like, oh, great. Time Magazine called him the next Spielberg, Max. <laughs> all right? Oh, uh, <laughs> went straight to his head. That's what and I'm saying, like, dude. It's like, time to break out my passion project, Lady in the Water. Well, it was the village and then Lady in the Water. But I feel you, dog. I feel well, you. I, I don't know if village was his passion project or some bullshit half-assed like George W. Bush commentary. Yeah, it was a half-assed George W. I mean, isn't that obvious? There's like that one scene where he's like reading a newspaper and it's like 43 killed in Iraq. The radio station's just like... Do you think that he started with the twist and worked his way backwards? Like, on that one? What if, what if there was a village where they thought they were back in the way back winds, but they're really in our time? And oh, he spoiler alert back for that. the village, sorry. <laughs> Max, it's been 14 years. <laughs> what are you doing, man? There's like one of the 20 people that listen to this like, wait, I hadn't seen that yet. Oh, it was on my watch list. Yeah, it was the next thing on their physical <laughs> Netflix queue. <laughs> They've still got the DVDs coming in. Well, I, dude, I told you, I long for that. I'm going to go back. Quickster. Like, wait, get is that, that Quickster. Well, no, it was called Quickster. for a day and they came back. Right? No, they, just for one day? They're like, 24 hours of misery. <laughs> Put it back it's together. Like a, it's like a marriage to Britney Spears in yeah, Vegas. Just, just for a day. Yeah, that shit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh. But yo, so it's uh, the other fucking movies. And then I see Jurassic World, which was actually a cool theater experience. I ain't too mad at it. You know what I mean? Um, it was great because it was a full theater, but I picked one of the seats off to the side where it's just two seats. Nice. And no one's like, I want to pick that other single seat. So I got two seats to myself. Dude, that's so the I was best. just like chilling. There was a baby crying. I didn't give a shit because the movie was bullshit. <laughs> and uh, I had a great time. Okay, so look, obviously your feelings on the film are kind of well-known. You called it I bullshit loved it. twice. <laughs> you loved how much bullshit it was. Um, Honestly, while watching it, I didn't hate it. It was yeah. only like when you think about it that it's bad, but it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. That's what I said. I mean, like, yo, in every way, I feel like it's worse than the first film because it doesn't have any scene-to-scene logic. Yeah. Like, I, like I don't... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. It's narratively inert. You know, like it, it, there's no, like, there's no real momentum. There's nothing worth caring about in it, but it still manages to keep the pace up that you don't really notice. It's, it's like this dude, fucking, I didn't. no, no, he weekended Bernie this fucking movie. Like this is a dead movie that he's propping up and, just, and fucking like doing this shit. And you think ooh, that you're watching a movie, but yeah. No, dude, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's, like, it's worse in every way than the previous movie, which was itself really fucking bad. And yet, I liked it so much more than the yeah. last movie, despite well, it being complete bullshit. I don't as know. I've said, the director is just so much better than yeah. Colin Trevorrow, who is terrible. And I, I've used this comparison with you before, but watching the first Jurassic World, because I rewatched it, and uh, it still sucks, and I hate it, um fucking looks like it's shot like an nbc sitcom mm -hmm. there's like nothing visually interesting about it at all even the cgi is really dodgy for a movie that expensive this one looks great yeah and like the cgi and also like visually looks great. well the dinosaurs and not just the dinosaurs i guess everything but specifically the dinosaurs feel like they have de texture dude <laughs> like yeah. which is what they didn't yeah. have in the last movie at all yeah. um so yeah, all to say that like, you know, I think the first hour is like fucking silly or whatever. It has a couple of really interesting set pieces and I'm like, oh shit, mm -hmm. that's cool. You know, good for him. Then we get into the back half of the movie and it's like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like they all it's are. Like a, it's like a monster movie set in a mansion. Okay, so let's let's go into a little bit. I don't want to I don't want to get recappy, but I do want to go into it a little bit, right? So we, right. we pick back up. And we got fucking, as you affectionately call, Owen Thunderguns, right? Fucking Chris <laughs> Pratt. <laughs> Actually, before uh, we get to Chris Pratt, let's get to what it is, which is like the fucking island's going to blow up, right? Yeah, because, now, and they do, they do say, oh, uh, it was a long dormant volcano, but now it's active again. Because like my main question going into the movie is why would they fucking not survey that island thoroughly enough to know that it had a volcano there any volcanoes around here and it's just like no i yeah. i think we're fine chief <laughs> and they've, they've got a whole cluster of islands around that one why pick the one with the volcano even if it's dormant oh man so that's the first problem right that's Sorry. the first yeah, like, i'm, no, I'm no, no, getting no. too into no, it no like, i like yeah. it no no I, i'm with you i feel like we need to get in the weeds on some of this right but that's the first issue with this so they're like volcano the fucking volcano is gonna blow up the entire island yeah which yeah. I don't think, one, that's how volcanoes necessarily work. I mean, I'm not necessarily an expert. You're not a volcano expert. Yeah, all right. I You're not a volcano it. scientist. Yeah, I mean, I know that we did a whole episode. Yo, that job magma, would be lit. But... Like, <laughs> yeah. 
but contrary to that I, i'm not an expert i think i think if anything this podcast has shown me my true calling and it might be magma. too late uh, it's magma geologists or just magmaist you're like fuck that i go to school for magma alone <laughs> sorry man um, i don't even take any of the prereqs i just jump right into the magma well literally that's how i'm gonna die one day you're just gonna dive right in <laughs> i'm gonna play vex vex uh, song volcano yeah, and just like jump in slow motion, I'm gonna parachute down. Like you shouldn't do that; you'll die. You're like my pops once said, the best way to learn is to jump into the deep end. And you're like, you're like but, uh, not into the deep end of something that will immediately kill you in a horrible way. And it's like <laughs> I'm already jumping. <laughs> and that dude t2 it when you go down. You're like fuck. Do you do that? I probably just start screaming and thrashing. Right, it would be really violent and horrible. Because <laughs> I imagine like magma is probably sticky. Yeah, and it, like you, you try to get clumps off you, you get get more on you. It would just be really terrible. So it's like that shit from the Matrix, like with the the silver goo shit that would take over yeah, you. Yeah, you know I'm talking it's about burning you. <laughs> yeah, well, it would yeah, be like drag. It would be like the end of Drag Me to Hell when she gets all burned up by hell. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> oh, all spoiler <laughs> alert again. Oh, I did it again. Um, but yeah, like you know, she turns into like a skeleton and she's screaming and nothing's left but her eyes. Oh no, man. Um. That's a horrifying movie, but I don't remember it at all. I got to go back and watch it. It's you really funny to me. No, no, it's oh. funny. I remember most of it, but I got to rewatch you, you it. I remember, remember the ending. End. Yeah, the very okay. end, she gets dragged out. Um, Just that, that scene, is that, that last shot of Justin Long looking at that button in terror, because he doesn't believe her the entire movie. Yeah. And then she like, such a great, beautiful, funny gut punch. That you need? I, I find, yeah, I find a lot of things funny. I don't know why. You said you anyway, watched House of Cards, right? The second season. Did you watch House of Cards? Yeah, when he pushes her onto the train track. That's what that moment is for me, which is like (laughs) dark comedy. Like, I laughed real hard at that scene. I know I wasn't supposed to, but hilarious. Well, I feel like with Raimi, like, who's to say what you're supposed to laugh at? I feel like he's laughing at all times, even during the serious stuff. He does. He likes Three Stooges, man. Whatever. (laughs) Okay, someone uh, fucking needs to stop us, man. We got to stick with the Jurassic of it all, all right? So Magma's Mm. supposed to threaten everyone, right? And then uh, they're like, we got to save the dinosaurs, right? So uh, Bryce yeah, Dallas Howard that. is is a fucking like activist now. They've completely changed her character 100%. Yeah. She's a dinosaur rights activist and I did notice that like one of the main uh complaints about her character in the first mm-hmm. movie is that she wore high heels while running around in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they even make a point in the first movie because I kept my eye out for it of doing like a pan up shot starting at her high heels establishing that she wears ridiculous shoes to be walking around in the jungle with and pan up to yeah. her Bryce Dallas Howard face. Nails in this it. movie, the way we introduce her is high heels in an elevator, pan up, Bryce Dallas Howard face. But now she's a dino activist. Boom. So it's acceptable. I, it felt like a big middle finger to the audience. Like, oh, you didn't like the high heels? Here they are again. <laughs> ha ha, you know who this is. But don't you think Bryce Dallas has to, has to throw some fucking, uh, you know, some, some authority into that situation? I think or she's like, fuck you. I like high started, heels. <laughs> like, I, I, th- I think she was more like, fuck you. I like money. I'll do whatever. <laughs> She's Ron Howard's kid. You think she needs money? She's greedy. She a redhead. You don't know what she's thinking. No, Greedy's her sister. Greedy Howard. It's one of the, like the <laughs> seven Howard sisters, man. Have you seen this new episode or this new season of Arrested yet? Yeah, man. Have you gotten to the Ron Howard? Yeah, that's yeah. the best part of it, man. Michael Sarah with that fucking uh, what is it, Howard Red? Like, Seeing that many redheads in one scene was actually legitimately distressing to me. <laughs> it's like it was Sarah- like that that MIA video, Born Free. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say it was like watching Zemeckis' Polar Express. You're like staring into the uncanny valley. You're like, something ain't right here, man. Something ain't right here. I don't like this shit, man. If I had nailed that specific reference, like, holy shit, mind <laughs> <I would've> melt. <laughs> You're like, I can't be friends with we you anymore. We would have to retire the podcast. Yeah, we would never be able to keep going, man, because like this only That's some psychic running. gypsy shit right there. You don't know what's coming next. Oh, Christ. Um fuck i don't even know where we were in this shit anymore you're talking about jurassic park oh, and i interrupted to talk about high heels all right all right all right high heels aside man the whole premise of this right let's just cut to it is that like oh they got to save these species there's a fucking billionaire who by the way is secretly hammond's partner that has never been mentioned in fucking four previous films but now we're just gonna bring it out no what the fuck like fuck you colin trevorrow number one because it's yeah. just like it's lazy man it's fucking lazy it's like what the saw movies did okay it's like oh we're just gonna bring some previously unseen person to recontextualize this entire thing there's been no mention of him in any of these fucking movies dude so that bothers me right off the bat right but this motherfucker thank you for that that was you protesting the film as well in your own special way um dude it's hey, just wait, like when you got a burp you got a burp that was a uh Jeff <laughs> that, that's a, callback. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park one. Okay, so how about that, dude? He's in this movie, right? Before we yes. get to anything else, it's like the, they set up the conflict of the volcano is going to explode. Then we cut to fucking Ian Malcolm being yeah. badass, right? Like saying just Test- testifying, yeah. Like, oh, they, they these dinosaurs have ha- had their time. Basically, mm-hmm. doing a rehash of things he said before, but like continuing to be the most correct character in this entire franchise but at least he's true to who he is because we were talking about in the lost world right? like even in the first film it's like Hammond brings him and it's like but bro he's a chaotician like what did you think yeah. was gonna happen here <laughs> like you what do you think the gonna... chaotician was gonna say about bringing back extinct dinosaurs into modern day you know the key word in chaotician is chaos right like i feel like you knew this was coming right um he his his entire like field of study is saying that a butterfly flaps its wings in peking then you have rain in like tulsa so (laughs) what do you think fucking getting he says some some version of that in the first one i just rewatched the first one also yeah dude i've I've been i've been absorbing a lot of jurassic park lately i'm playing that jurassic park evolution game but did you go back did you watch all of them you should go back and watch all of them for the pod you should watch one two wait so you want me to pause this podcast i'll come back in six hours yeah and then we'll talk I think you need more than that, though. I think there's five films. You need like 10 hours. But well, I'll pause. I mean, I'll just stay here. Well, I'll wait. And you can go. You're just like patiently waiting, yeah. not moving. Yeah, not getting right up. Like I could I go to the bathroom to or get something yeah. to eat. But I, I promise gotta... you I'd sit right here at attention, Max. And that's what I'm going to do for you, man. That's the kind of guy like, I'll I... be like right over there in the corner. You're just watching me watch the <laughs> Yeah, I'll movies, watch like, oh, you wow. watch the movies. Yeah. I, occasionally I'll go like, ha I like to yeah. watch you watch things, man. Like when you maybe watch that Lars von Trier uh, trailer, you know what I mean? For the house. Oh, the Jack. yeah. You're watching yeah. me watch this. And I'm just it like, was like oh. me getting my own reaction video from somebody that I know, you know, which is the only time I've ever enjoyed a reaction video. Um, but neither here nor there. Yeah. Jurassic world. We need to just get on point. Here. I feel like we can't do what, it. I feel like, what are you, fucking- what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to interrupt you from here All on. Right. I'm going to shut up. I'm just trying to get into the basic premise of this, which is just like, so the (laughs) island is going to blow up. All right. We've established this much, Max. Mm -hmm. God damn it. 30 minutes in. I can't even, 40 minutes in. I can't even get past this. All right. So that shit's going to happen. There's a millionaire who's never been a billionaire, whatever, never been mentioned up until this point, but he's going to fucking Cromwell. Cromie is going to fucking help the whole situation out. All right. And he's going to go save species. He's got 11 species. They could save maybe more. 
but 11 for sure. And they need Bryce I, Dallas. I, I know I said I wouldn't interrupt you. Here you really go. See, yep, let's hear it. <laughs> I really want to see a road trip movie with Crypty and Krami. <laughs> God damn it. Why? No. Because <laughs> they're Here's both the, old as fuck. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, and when they, they both fall, look like skeletons. Exactly. Yeah. They, they could be like, it's like... They're we were like talking about yeah, like Ron Perlman and Tom Waits doing a, a movie. <laughs> like yeah. it's the same thing, man. Yeah. Crypty and fucking Krabby <laughs> coming this fall to CBS. We could pitch that. <laughs> CBS would green light that, right? Like it's like it's for it's not even for that. It's like for ABC family. It's like a fucking <laughs> well, for freeform. <laughs> yeah, they changed that shit to freeform. Because you, you you know that like children love them some Krabby and Crypty, yeah. you know, is well, he's just the gravy on top. For all, for yeah. all <laughs> lost children. Um, God damn it! So anyways, let you down, bil- yeah, yeah. There's this billionaire. A billionaire who's been there the whole time. That's been helping out John Hammond in the initial stages of Jurassic Park, and we've never heard of him up until now. They like retcon the shit out of it. He had this business partner who he then since had dropped for reasons, which I don't know if we want to get into those reasons um, because they're not interesting. And it's one part of the movie where I'd say cut it. Yeah, I don't even care about that. I mean, we'll talk about it when we when we have to get to it, but yeah. that old premise is that this dude's going to bankroll, quote-unquote, the rescuing of the, all these dinosaurs. But in order to do that, they need to uh, get blue. They don't tell you why you need blue, but they you know they need blue. And again, back to the Incredibles thing. It's like, you know where this goes. Like, whenever you see Ted Levine, who I fucking love, Buffalo Bill, right? Like, that dude's still fucking around. He's a good actor. But as soon as you see him in that fucking military thing, it's like the same role that did, that D'Onofrio played, right? Is that how you say his name? Vincent D'Onofrio? I don't even know how to say his name. No one knows. He doesn't even know. <laughs> he changes it from, from interview to interview <laughs> just to keep you guessing. Um, but it's the same role that he played. You know what I mean? Like this 90s villain, like this militaristic piece of shit who's like, we got to go get him. So again, it's like the suspense isn't there. You know going to the island, some shit's going to blow up and they're probably going to get betrayed. Um, yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, that's what ends up happening. I'm not going to get into like Bryce Dallas going to track him down. I don't give a fuck about that. He's building a cabin. What the fuck, Chris Pratt? Bullshit. They end yeah, up on like, the island. Like okay? he's got to do some like bullshit manly activity where he's like living in the fucking mountains and he's building a cabin with wood that he chopped himself like and sanded. <laughs> just and give it a fucking, fucking rest. We get it. He's Owen Thunderguns. Like let him let him just you know <laughs> open on him at an Arby's, just waiting in line for his order. You know something. Anything. Something us normies do. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah man so that's uh, that's fuck but introduction to him is like whatever the fuck and so they end up going to the island all right and then it's kind of fucking stupid you get a lava scene like did you how did you feel about the chris pratt lava scene where he has to where he, where he pulls a second rate leonardo dicaprio and wolf of wall street wolf of wall street to get, to get away from fucking the magma. like yeah. i was really glad to see some magma but aside from that uh the magma deserves an oscar chris pratt showed up you know what i mean i'm I'm glad that he got to do something where he looked ridiculous in this series because the entire first movie is about him looking super cool and knowing what to do at all times Mm -hmm. and in this movie if there's any improvement to be said is that he actually looks scared unlike in the first one he never really looks convincingly scared and he gets to be a little goofier which is where his strengths are chris pratt yeah, um, it doesn't save this movie, though. I mean, that's no, my thing. No, it doesn't. You it know? doesn't. But I, I'm trying to give it credit where some credit is due. Okay. So the whole premise, they go, they save some of these things, they get betrayed, right? They're going to take these fucking dinosaurs back to the to, to Krami's fucking crypt, if you will. 
And uh, but this is all unbeknownst to Crummy, okay? <laughs> Crummy's a sick old man. Right? He doesn't know better. Like I'm just picturing in Crummy's crypt that there's like a fourth uh basement level where the actual crypt keeper is and he's just telling pun-filled anecdotes about horrible things that happen in america where's he been since 1997 he's been in Krami's place bro he, he's like, been in Krami's crypt <laughs> like he sublets from Krami. he's got a wicked crypt in the fucking fourth floor basement bro right i don't even the know should, here's the thing we don't even need to talk about jurassic park anymore like every <laughs> every diversion is so much better than me talking about this fucking movie, man. Crummy's crib. Okay, look, like yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. Long story short, this movie is is not good. Um, people are gonna see it in droves, and that's fine. You want to just talk about the ending? Yeah, man. Let's talk about the ending because at least, like, this is what I, we sort of agreed yeah. and disagreed on some shit, right? Yeah. Because so, I- so j- yeah. Just to recap, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, the first half of the movie is like a rescue jungle mission where they try to rescue the dinosaurs. They get betrayed. Whatever. Turns out they are selling the dinosaurs to the highest bidder in Krami's crypt. Which, so by the way, half- hold on, I gotta, we gotta cut you off. Yeah. The, yeah. the gross of eleven different types of dinosaurs is less money than the budget of Jurassic World. It's like 128 million dollars. Yeah, and I'm it like, doesn't these make are any sense. Dinosaurs, bro. <laughs> like, these should yeah. be bills. Like, like you billion. see, um, what, what's the bad guy's name in real life? Rafe Spall, right? Rafe Spall. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like he's the bad guy who's like doing this all under Krami's nose, by the way. Like Krom- this is Krami's house and apparently at no point did he ever hear that there was an Indoraptor in the basement. It's loud as fuck, by the way. Yeah. That sound never carried. Whatever, Krami's old as shit and whatever. Um, but also he fucking murders Krami and like it just goes it never goes it never gets mentioned man he straight up just like one second is like oh i mean and then i think the t i think the t-rex saw it all like he knew (laughs) he's like i'm gonna eat you later bro i'm gonna get you motherfucker i saw that krami was always kind (laughs) krami was kind (laughs) he was a good man um all right so that all that shit happened so yeah man they fucking auction him off and i'm just like wow it's not a lot of money it makes no fucking sense to me but you know at the very end all the dinosaurs left in captivity after this fucking break are dying because the vent systems are fucked up and there's a choice that bryce dallas has to make she's like i mean i'm gonna let him go i can't let him die because remember she's an activist now after being a fucking piece of shit the whole time in the first film mind you yeah but she can't do it and chris pratt's like you know like fucking the owen thunder guns like hey this isn't in a park you gotta make this decision right and then the little girl who skipped over the whole time ends up letting them out, right? So dinosaurs yeah. are out in the, the, in the wilderness. But because yeah, and, we, and we should highlight that the twist, the big twist of the movie, James Cromwell has this granddaughter and you keep asking yourself, like, why are we spending so much time with this little kid that we don't give a shit about? And uh, you find out that James Cram- Cromwell's daughter died and he cloned her and called that clone his granddaughter. It's really his cloned daughter. So at the end, after she finds this out, she says, they're alive like me. Mm-hmm. And then she hits the button and releases them all. Which uh, I'm not even going to get into like, oh, that's not an earned moment. Let's just get to what the fuck it, <laughs> it means, okay? Yeah. Because it ain't earned. But what it means is that we now live in a world where like dinosaurs are out there, all right? Yep. They're, like, a, There's at least 10, 11 species that, I, that got out there and like allegedly they're going to recreate. You know what I mean? Like they can make more and shit like that, right? Okay. So. Yeah. That's where we are. Like the, the, the we cut back to Goldblum, I guess testifying again for some reason, 
because why would they need him to testify again? But he's like, this was like, what happened. Yeah, like what, what are they even debating? Like whether or not they should just allow these dinosaurs to run free through the American countryside? Like, of course not. Like the decision is so stupid and that's where it loses the audience. It's like, why are you in support of the dinosaurs at this point? Yeah. Well, it's not their fault that they were created, but there's no good best case scenario for releasing a Tyrannosaurus Rex into the woods in America or in a populated area anywhere. What if they put in like Yellowstone? That's it. Then he'd eat the people there. Well, you know what or you're getting eat yourself into. <laughs> he'd like eat all the bald eagles or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think bald there. eagles can fly, man. I think they'd fine, man. I don't think they're fine, man. They're not used to something that tall. What are they like genetically modified him to have wings? Because think about that, man. <laughs> A fucking T Rex with wings. Holy shit, dude. Like, he is mobile enough. He does not need wings. It changes the game. But okay, so. <laughs> You know, the game's changed, son. <laughs> like, like the game has changed enough with having a T-Rex in the mix. <laughs> Give that fucker wings. What the fuck? It's a new game. Which is the whole problem with the Indoraptor also. Like, the raptor yeah. is interesting enough, but now we got to make him an Indoraptor. Well, okay, so the Irex, right, in the uh-huh. first one, yeah. is a super dinosaur. Yeah. And then in this one, they're like, let's take the Irex and add even more raptor to him. Mm-hmm. why yeah well, right he was already a raptor he was a raptor yeah. t-rex he already right? had ra- he already had raptor in him well i think the thing was that it also had some of blue right wasn't that the whole point that blue was like the mother of the sender raptor and well, that, like, that's where it lost me I, I don't really know like what where was blue in the mix like, it was mentioned was supposed <laughs> to be the mother figure so that it would be obedient because blue was obedient yeah so it's supposed mean, to take cues from a raptor yeah it doesn't know it's like a you know you know it's like when some like a chihuahua is born with a rottweiler and it doesn't know that it's chihuahua <laughs> it's the same thing man <clears throat> or the other way around like a rottweiler thinks it's a chihuahua that's what i meant to say like you know what i mean i just pictured a raptor time. with the head of a chihuahua grafted on just <laughs> a lot cuter <laughs> a lot cuter still dangerous as fuck but yeah it's still like cuter. slashing open stomachs and disemboweling things but then just going <laughs> And that, that makes actually it okay. be more terrifying. Yeah, you'd be more scared? I'd be like, ah, yeah. I'm confident in my dying moments. I bleed out, but this beautiful dog. But just like a disproportionately small head, like it comes to just a point. Like a Beetlejuice a fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, this has gone off the rails. Um, uh, I like it. I'm fine with the rails. <laughs> I don't think that there's any way to coherently talk about this movie without kind of going insane. Uh, it's, uh, it's not good. So going in the future, right? Blue is fucking like the last shot of this movie is blue, like running over the countryside, overlooking yeah. a fucking neighborhood that looks like the goddamn ET neighborhood, by the way. Yeah. And I'm, dude, I'm that'd going, be so metal. Right. Whatever raptors do, I don't know. They don't bark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on the Chihuahua thing, man. Chihuahua raptor. We should really pitch that to sci-fi. I mean, they did five Sharknados. Why the fuck not me? You know what I mean? We could probably pitch that and get into production and air it by next Ro-wa-wa. week. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you said a Rawawa loose in a Wawa? No, God. There's a Rawawa in the Wawa. <laughs> Where? Like, I'm sorry, did you what? study? Did you stutter? <laughs> did I did study? You study? <laughs> in, in saying stutter, I studied in this. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't talk. Oh, We're going to name this episode Max Can't Talk. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. Okay. All right. That's so, so stupid. <laughs>
Uh, I broke my own brain with this chihuahua <laughs> nonsense. Um, All right, that's anyways, the sequel. Yeah, so, I, no, so hold he, on, hold on. That's the sequel I want to see now, man. Like, yeah, the implications are that like dinosaurs are living with people. But what I need to see, since we've already gone down the rabbit hole of, of genetics, is the the Rawawa, man. Like, BD yeah. Wong still out there, right? Doing <laughs> some shit. Like, why is BD Wong in this series? What is his character anymore? I don't know. He's just nefarious now. Not the same character as he was in the last movie either. He like gives a shit in a weird way now like in that one yeah. scene he was like slightly seemed like he cared more about shit than he did in the first film he was like seemed like an anonymous scientist who was like you bred raptors and he's like yeah what, what do you mean? <laughs> what? like yeah it's fine and in this one he's like we are going to breed a super raptor and so <laughs> to the military and i have all these plans and you're going to pay me 20 million dollars <laughs> Who wait, does he say that? I don't remember <laughs> he, that at all. <laughs> he says that verbatim. <laughs> actual line of dialogue. Uh, no, like, but no, he's just like this weird nefarious guy who's a very different character. I don't really get it. Yeah, I mean, he was like a cat, a, a hairless cat away from being a fucking Bond villain in the last movie, and yeah. in this one, he's just because he has like his special office with like weird tea and he's rocking a turtleneck and shit. Yeah, like. he just keeps having sinister conversations. Like every scene he's in, he has a sinister conversation about Rawawas, right? That's <laughs> about Rawawas. He's having nightmares, dreams, like everything. About I want to recut the original Jurassic Park where Alan Grant instead says, "You bred Rawawas." <laughs> it's like, yeah, we did. Of course, why wouldn't? Why we? wouldn't we? If <laughs> we can, right? Everyone's. <laughs> Just because you could, you never stop to think if you should. Yeah, well, but, but we can. So I did. Like, what do you mean? Like, God uh, damn it, guy! Their their cable budget must be through the roof, man. <laughs> because that Chihuahua cannot like break down meat, but it can eat a lot of kibble. Just takes him a while. Spared no expense. On the kibble. <laughs> yeah, on the kibble. Obviously, their kibble budget Everything is very high, is but it's worth rate. it. <laughs> he's doing fucking eugenics in like a, a fucking mexico city meth lab instead of a proper lab but you know we're bringing, where, where well, we're bringing rawawas together you need to start the motherland for the chihuahua you know anyway the <laughs> the ending implications for this film are yeah, that yeah. rawawas and other dinosaurs are just out in the world and they're gonna populate and also it shows shots of some of the dinosaurs that were sold at auction still being sold at auction and stuff and like going to different countries yeah which was weird because how did they ever get out because like those people... those fuckers were shipped immediately like they showed it right they, they sold it and they did put they? them on one of those tankers yeah you must have oh, walked okay. out for that I, yeah I, okay also full disclosure i missed a good 15 minutes of this movie collectively because i huh. would just walk out take a stretch consider buying popcorn <laughs> see the line was too long walk back went to the bathroom a couple times even though i didn't really need to refilled my drink then came back, missed literally nothing, mostly. Yeah. Except well, for that part. Except for the scene you have, <laughs> you're asking questions about. But yeah, sure, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, like, what I like about it, if there's anything to like about it, is that the next movie ain't going to be, we got to go back to the island, man. We got to go back. Like, that's what every sequel's done. And it's one of those things, like I was saying before, fucking Spielberg had a shot at a sequel. He couldn't make this shit work. Mm -hmm. it doesn't really need to be a franchise i mean it made a lot of money and i get why universal wants to make it a franchise but it's one of those things where like it's not in the best interest of it and the people that like really love this movie 
see, like don't seem to understand what made the first one a fucking masterpiece to begin with, you know? Um, and so because of that, even though this is a very dumb movie and the fact that Colin Trevorrow is the architect of this universe makes me <laughs> not feel happy, but it's, uh, you know, it's like they can't, whatever the next thing's going to be, it won't be, hey, we're going to go to an island and something's going to go wrong and uh dinosaurs <laughs> like it's gonna something's gonna go wrong in dinosaurs but just not an island like they have the opportunity to do like what the apes films did man now they're not going to because again it's trevorrow and he fucking sucks like six dicks at a time but like i don't know man i don't know <laughs> it's too many dicks you can't write man <laughs> like... too many dicks too many dicks um you know <laughs> i i just don't care uh, about what's going to happen. Well, I am kind of vaguely curious to know what's going to happen uh, with the next one. But at the same time, I'm not excited by the ending in the same way you were. And I get why you're excited by it. Because it, for the first time, they're like actually like breaking new ground and doing something different. But It's just something they the can't time, walk back. I mean, they could, I guess. I mean, I don't want to put yeah. it past these guys. but like, like watch like the first scene in the next one. Like, all right, we've rounded up the last raptor and found the T-Rex and they're all going to the sister island. Yeah, I if the next movie is like them Ublar. taking them to the, the yeah. next island, I'm going to lose my like, shit. We, we need Chris Pratt to rein in these dinosaurs. And he's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And they'll be like, but Blue but blues there and be like oh man well for fuck's sake will they do a survey and make sure there's no magma on this island this time or is this just I, like no nah. i can only hope i can only hope <laughs> well actually no i hope that all the magma comes and destroys everything uh in the franchise including all the dinosaurs and chris pratt so we don't have to see another one of these fucking movies was there a scene better than when that fucking dinosaur gets killed by magma <laughs> like, oh you're there... talking about the brontosaurus where yeah like, it plays on your nostalgia by doing the brontosaurus like back on its hind legs and goes loved it you see only it in silhouette and it's like but sad why wouldn't he just go into the ocean that was my question he's got i mean he's got a long neck yeah he's got a snorkel neck he could be like nessie just hang out there yeah wait for that magma to cool (laughs) exactly man (laughs) climb back up i mean i know the ecosystem yeah he's got that island to himself now He's got no food on that island, but you know. It's free real estate. <laughs> it's free real estate. Lex Luthor's like hatching a plan. He's like, there's a new island. <laughs> that was the dumbest fucking plan ever, by the way. If we what? Superman returns? returns? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, his entire plot is to cover the entire world and destroy it with like new real estate land, right? Well, that it would, it would, all of it would have uh, kryptonite inside of it. So Superman would be uh, weak everywhere. That was but the other was, part of it. it. Well, it was basically Ice Nine, right? It was going to like take up whatever water there was and mm-hmm. crystallize to form new land masses. Yeah. But it was just going to continue expanding over the entire world. And he's like, his big plan was, and I'm going to sell it, and it's going to be the best real estate game ever. Yeah. Does he not realize that like there's like you live in Florida? There's just stretches of nothing. Like we're not hurting yeah. for undeveloped land, man. Yeah, but his his point in the movie is like there's no real estate anymore, so I'm gonna make my own. Who said that? Maybe the markets were different in that Superman world. <laughs> you know, it's just I mean, like, yeah. I mean, hard sci-fi. When do we know when that I, even takes place, man? Superman could be in any time period. You know, James Marsden's in that movie for no reason. <laughs> James Marsden's in most things for no reason, except like Isn't sex that drive. So sad? Like he's like. <laughs> isn't this sad that his best most complete character arc has been in a movie called sex drive <laughs> it's not a good look i mean the movie is 
the movie's the movie you know marsden should be proud of it it's got clark duke in it so he's <laughs> he's in with some good company some esteemed company uh i mean i don't even know marsden's career i know he's gonna be in uh, once upon a time in hollywood the, the new tarantino movie isn't like all of Hollywood going to be in that movie? Dude, at this point? legit, it's a cast, man. It's like kind of amazing. I don't know, like it's, it's gonna about be... the Manson murders, right? Or yeah. is it about things happening in the periphery of the Manson? I, that's what it, I don't think it's about the Manson murders per se. I mean, I don't okay. know if they've cast Manson yet. They haven't said, you know. But it's one of those Wouldn't things. Would it be where... lit if? Wait, is Manson dead yet? Yeah, he just died. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, wouldn't it be lit if he cast the actual Manson as Manson? They put a green screen behind him in his prison cell, and they de-age him like fucking uh, like Magneto and and whatever. I'm just kidding. It wouldn't be lit at all. I That'd mean, be he's a, a little he's insensitive, a yeah. But you didn't kill anybody, bro. Come on, come on. What's the letter of the law, Max? I gotta know what I can get away with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the guy to be asking. Um, you know, Manson, man, what a crazy motherfucker. I don't remember my first memory of, of that dude, man. Like, he's, he had, like, the swastika on his head. So there was, like, some picture of him at some point. Yeah. I remember I was watching The X-Files when I was little. There's an episode of, uh, called Blood where, like, technology is speaking to people. Like, the screens yeah. are telling people shit. Do you, you remember this episode? Oh, I remember that episode. <clears throat> There's just an episode where a fucking dude ends up at the TV, like, at a Best Buy or some shit. You know, they have, like, the stack of TVs. And the TV start just cutting from like the LA riots to like the Gulf War to Manson to like fucking pig written in blood. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's just going in a loop. That might be my first Manson experience, man. I don't know what my first Manson experience was like the first time I was exposed to Manson. Uh, I know I became aware of him uh, gradually over time. Um, was it Marilyn I, Manson? And then you worked backwards from you there? Know what? It might have been. It I think a lot of people, I'm not even being facetious. I feel like a lot of people our age kind of like, who's this Marilyn Manson guy? You know what I mean? And then they Marilyn kind of Manson. work backwards. How do you feel about Marilyn Manson? I think he's a, just a fucking joke. <laughs> like the biggest yeah. joke. It's sad because I remember seeing him in Bowling for Columbine. I was like, wow, this guy's like surprisingly articulate and well-spoken and blah, 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 blah. And uh, then I see him like, on but then if, talking if, dead talking about yeah. like zombies and he, was, he was on talking dead dude he was on talking dead it was really funny because like i know chris hardwork's a piece of shit blah 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 or maybe he's not there's like i don't know if you heard about that story that's developing but oh like how she might be lying and i don't even yeah i don't want to get into that yeah exactly yeah. but there's just more to the story but chris hardwick <clears throat> has him on there and uh, it's the most awkward thing i've ever seen if you get a chance watch it manson is like trying to make a point he's just like you know rick is like the anti-governor and the governor is like hitler who realized that it's better to rule by fear than to be loved and then hardwick's like i don't even know why he brought the nazis up man like this is a zombie show and he's just like well, what do you mean like you know hitler Wait, Har- totally Har- got it, yeah, out on he it? Does, dude. and he just keeps wow. doing all these weird things and eventually they cut his mic and you can hear on hardwick's mic manson being like did they cut my mic <laughs> like, it's so fucking <laughs> weird man wow that's better than i could ever have yeah it's wonderful but then you hear about like him him having like stage props fall on him and uh just being too drunk to finish concerts and i don't i don't have respect for that man like i ain't rock and roll anymore that was cool in the 70s you know back when men were men but now come on dude you're 50 like get your shit (laughs) yeah there's something really awkward that happens with rock and rollers when they hit like age 40 50 
It just looks ridiculous after a certain point. Maybe that's ageist of me. Maybe I'm being ridiculous for saying that. Well, why can't people age you know? Well, yeah, I I don't know. Like, there's a range of acceptable behavior. For some reason, Iggy Pop pulls it off. Because like he's, but I think Iggy earned it, bro. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like he he yeah. spent years turning himself into like a fucking leathery piece of goddamn garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like but so like, it feels he, earned. But he's like this super sweet, nice, articulate guy. Like uh, off stage or whatever. Like I saw a clip of him talking to Anthony Bourdain about mm. his perfect day in Miami because he was living in Miami now and he's clean and sober or whatever. And he's yeah. like, perfect day in Miami. You know you. You go to the beach. It's morning. You watch the sunrise uh, over the water, and you you have you have a coffee, and and you just enjoy the day. And the breeze blows, and the sky turns this purple orange hue. And and Anthony Bourdain's like, yeah, that sounds pretty nice. Tony B, <laughs> so eloquent. <laughs> uh, rip Tony B. Uh, R.I.P. Tony but yeah, B. But Iggy, Iggy does pull it Tony off, B. right? <laughs> is, that, is that the new thing? I put a beat under you. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, oh. you gonna do it? <laughs> I was ready. You failed. I was giving me. it a, a, a lead in. Is you what I thought to, it was. Yeah, dude, this isn't a count in, bro. You just gotta start with it when the when the feeling's right, man. But um, Iggy Pop does pull it off. You're right. But then, like, you know, you have all these other fuckers, like Axl Rose, like, yeah. or even if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, when Butler it looks fucking ridiculous to me now. And I know you really like Arcade Fire still. I'm a little like starting to kind of get off the arcade fire train up to a point. Um, but just the whole like alternative haircut, like shaved half of his head singing about the kids still. Um, mm. it, it works when you're 20 works a little bit when you're 30, but it's weird that you feel that way. I want to debate you on this because I don't, I don't feel like he's writing from the kid's perspective anymore. And I feel like he kind of hasn't since the suburbs, like the suburbs was the inverse of funeral. Like, I feel like yeah. funeral is about the kids. And I think mm-hmm. that the suburbs is the opposite. It's being the parents, knowing that your kids are going through all this shit, not being able to communicate. And I feel like subsequently they've kind of kept going in that direction. Now, visually, yeah, like Regine looks like fucking weird. And like mm-hmm. the other people look fine. Like if, if Wynn yeah. had if Wynn had Will's hair, you wouldn't say shit. It's no, I like, wouldn't. It's, it's really the hair that, that does it for me. I'm telling um, you, just dude. the fact that I'm not able to grow any hair anytime <laughs> someone does something fucking stupid with their hair, it really gets me way madder than I need to be. Oh, um, man. But yeah, like, so, okay, you're right. But also, like, there's just something about them that seems a little tone deaf up to a point. Mm-hmm. Now, Reflector, I still really liked that record, but like the song Reflector even is saying something that's been said a thousand times in much better ways. And I love that song, mm-hmm. but just like lyrically, it's like, uh, basically about how we're all looking at our phones and we don't talk to each other and that that mirror reflects back what you know yada yeah. yada and oh which management gener- also just did on their last record the tslamp song yeah. which is a great song by the way it's like one of my but, favorites but, but, on the that, record. but that song is self-deprecating he's like being that's like, the point yeah self-critical. It, it, is, it is yeah for sure whereas when butler is being critical of an entire generation of people yeah. and how it's moving forward and it just strikes me as that sort of like and i'm sorry this isn't even funny podcast listening audience it mm-hmm. pisses me off going on a max rant right now it reminds me of all those baby boomers complaining about millennials and i know he's not a baby boomer but it's, it gives me that same bad taste in my mouth where it's like shut the fuck up yeah, yeah we all have phones i'm sorry get he's over 40 it. next year isn't he i feel like he's right yeah. right there eh, well yeah, man hey 
What are you gonna do? We're 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 not far, man. We're like twelve years from this. Let's see how we're doing in twelve years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let, let's stop judging the younger generations for embracing the technology that's shoved in their faces. Yeah, but why? See, I, I'm gonna fight back with you, man. Like, mm. I live I live in well now I live in Philly and it's weird, but before and soon I'll be in Brooklyn and you'll see all mm-hmm. these fucking people just walking around like legit looking at their phones instead of taking in the greatest fucking city in the world where there's some weird shit going on everywhere. Like if only you need to look for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just one of those things where like, I can get behind that sentiment. I mean, my fucking friend Robert can't watch the leftovers, not because of whatever reason he can't watch a lot of things because he can't watch for five minutes without looking at his fucking phone or going on fucking collider to look at some shit. It's like, that's a bunch of people who's just, our attention spans are so fucking short that we can't sit and do anything. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to walk it back a little bit. I'm not saying that the behavior in and of itself isn't problematic. I agree that it is. It's a, it's a fucking sociological epidemic at this point. Right. Uh, psychological too. Like just the way we're interacting with each other or not interacting with each other, but I don't need artists to tell me what we all already know all the time, because it's the same thing here. Not that there's anything great to look at. People are looking down at their phones everywhere. People Mm -hmm. are filming concerts happening right in front of them through something that's only five inches big when it's happening right in front of them. But the problem is I don't need a fucking artist to ham hand or ham fistedly point out to me like, oh, you know, why don't we all just talk to each other? Why don't we just look at each other in the eyes anymore? It's like, yeah, I get it. Like a thousand people are saying that at every waking moment of their lives. We don't need you saying it too. So um, some weird shit, man. Like I have this, all right, so this is gonna sound weird. When I was like really, really little, I heard this guy on the radio once while listening to Spanish radio stations where the guy like said in English, I want to give a shout out to Maria. And then he did this whole super thing in Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. That basically said something about like, make sure I get you your jelly for your shoes. You know what I mean, baby girl? This is all in Spanish. And then he comes back in English and he's like, don't even ask. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing, dude. I heard that when I was Anybody three years telling old. me not to ask makes me want to ask way more. Yeah. The mystery, right? That's my point. Yeah. But I, but it's not just word salad. There's a story there. <laughs> before we, before we even get into the, the mystery of it, I need to point out that like I was three when I heard that. And for some reason, <laughs> that has stuck with me. My is, entire, is that your earliest memory? It might be. And then the same guy did some other thing where he starts his intro. Like before he did that, he came in. This had to be like 98, you know, not three, 97 maybe. It had to be whenever King of the Hill came out. Because he says, oh, uh, you're soy King of the Hill. <laughs> that's what the Spanish <laughs> guy said. And I just remember me and my stepmom being like, that's, that's not funny. Fuck this guy. <laughs> like, we get really <laughs> critical. But then he does that other thing, right? About make sure to get the jelly for your shoes, baby girl. Don't even ask. Was this like a radio DJ? Yes, yes. That's my point. And so my whole life, I've sat here being like, what was I not supposed to ask? What's up with jelly and shoes? Like, all, this things, all of these things have haunted my life. But more than that, I'm like, why the fuck is this the thing that I remember? Like, this has got to be 20 fucking years old at least. And I remember this so vividly. And I think it's weird because memories are like fucking weird and imperfect things anyway, right? Like, I'm sure you remember things all the time that you're like, what the fuck? I completely forgot about this thing that happened as a kid. And, you know, 
Yeah, there there are large patches in my memory that are just missing, not due to like being on alcohol or drugs or anything. I just don't remember things that have happened recently. Sometimes. Well, that's not good. What do you got? You got dementia. <laughs> like, I'm, are you fucking? I mean, Bernard, I don't Bernard remember Westworld. You're having time. Sometimes, you know, I uh, yeah, like I, I I empathize with him a lot. You know. Yeah. How many times on this podcast have you said, is this now? And I'm like, damn it, Max. It's, it's the same time. We're, we have not moved at all. Now? We have not moved at all, Max. No, but I mean, like, what's, what's one of the earliest fucking memories you can remember? Because that's the thing I'm really fascinated by. Is- the earliest memory that I have is when I was two years old and I had a flounder toy from The Little Mermaid. Oh, right on. And it was up on a hard-to-reach shelf. And I remember trying to reach it. And I was in an apartment like the apartment we were living at. And I remember trying to reach it with my little baby hand. And then my mom and my mom grabbed it. She goes, here you go. And I was like, thanks. Oh, that was sweet. I thought your mom was going to like grab like, it. Oh, like grab it. Like she's going to hand it to me, then put it on an even higher to reach. It. <laughs> I thought it was like either that. So it's either a story of your emotional abuse or it was going to be something like you got it and then you stabbed it and started ripping the fucking stuffing out of it. And I'd be like, this explains so much, Max. You know what I mean? I, like this- I do remember random moments of mild trauma. Like I remember one time my grandpa was like, he was like such a low key dude, but every now and then he'd do something crazy. Like and what? one time he like I was looking at we were at a pier or something and we were pretty high up and I was like four at the time and like he's like oh yeah you like the water there eh son and like because before then he only talked about chess and like woodworking or whatever so uh-huh. I didn't really know anything about it I was like ah oh, he's boring grandpa and he like picked me up and held me over the railing like fucking face down like looking at death basically oh, and just crashing waves against rocks and I just remember like being terrified and him laughing. And then and wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. where's your mom? <laughs> like, where is anyone? They were in the restaurant. I was with born grandpa. What oh my they? god, dude! But like, Max, I may never have met you. <laughs> like, he might have murdered you. This might have yeah. been like a cutesy story, right? Where like he's done this to all of his grandchildren. But he I think he, you, like, I, uh, well, <laughs> he like killed me by accident <laughs> or on purpose. Boring grandpa, you never know. Ain't so boring it's, now, am I, motherfucker? <laughs> he drops you in the water. <laughs> That's what he said. Because I walk around saying, oh, boring grandpa. <laughs> I'm a shitty little four-year-old kid. He's biding his time, man. He's like, before yeah. I leave this earth, Just I'll a take single tear goes down. He's like, I'm going to take you down, you little <laughs> son of a bitch, you little bastard. I've got like 15 yeah. more grandkids to replace you. I don't need I don't you. Need you. <laughs> Because that fucker had a lot of kids. He had five kids. Yeah. So and each you know, of his he kids was good. had five. He kids. did not need me. I just happened to be close to him, like living distance wise. That's why he saw me the most. Uh, that's annoying. Do you think he even liked? You? He was like, God, I wish. I he also like, we know. also had a really close relationship, and we were really tight or whatever. But aside from that, you know, I was just happened to be closer. Yeah. In did you ever tell distance. your mom that story? I think I told her immediately after it happened. And I, my mom and dad were like, they laughed it off. It was like some shitty horror movie where the kid sees something, but the parents don't believe them. They're like, oh, it's fine, honey. It's not a big deal. He was just well, showing you the water. Your grandpa probably played you, man. Like, he was like, I could kill you, but instead I'll make him seem like he's a mental case, man. We'll get him institutionalized. He, he would also play me in chess when I was a really young kid and make me think I was winning up until the point he destroyed me. <laughs> I like I like the cut of this man's jib, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy, like, he married young to a woman he didn't really like because he got her knocked up. 
And yeah. to be fair, my grandma was like a whole other basket case. This lady, uh, okay. I don't know if I've ever talked about her on the podcast. You would go over to their place and she had nothing to talk about but her health. And she kept a, a health journal. And I remember her literally showing pictures from her colonoscopy once. She had a scrapbook of just her doctor's visits. And then she would talk about like cousins that you had met once. It's like, oh, you remember your cousin Martha? who you met when you were four years old one time at a family function full of over 80 people. Yeah, she got married and then divorced. Can you believe it? And I was like, I can. Yeah, I don't Martha, know what, what divorce a, is. <laughs> what a wild card that Martha was. Well, like, this is up until I'm like 18 and she's, oh, alive shit. And she's okay. telling me shit about like people I met when I was four. It's like, you remember them, your second cousin twice removed who lives in Oklahoma. And it's like, yeah, I have a real strong emotional connection to Martha, grandma. Let's see more pictures of your colonoscopy. Jesus Christ. And my grandpa would just be sitting there quietly. Well, he's a broken man. He gave up. He died 20 years ago, man. All all he had was his woodworking and his sunflower garden and his little house in Daytona. But every now and then, he'd show himself, man, for the fucking crazy (laughs) bastard he really was. (laughs) Well, how old are you when he died? Um, I was 21. Oh, so 20, it happened, 20, happened recently. I was just wondering yeah. at, at like 18 while she was doing that, he would be he would still hang you over the rails. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Grandpa, I'm too old for this. Uh, You're smaller than I am. How can you support me? Greatest generation. I'm strong, bitch. Grandpa. <laughs> Turns into Clint Eastwood all of a sudden. He's like this timid man until then. He was waiting his whole life <laughs> for this moment <laughs> to reveal himself. oh he was playing us all (laughs) but my dad would tell me like stories about how he would do some crazy shit every now and then like weird daredevil shit i think he just pent up a lot of like bast or baptist guilt Uh it's called a bastard guilt um just baptist guilt and just like let that kind of crush him and every now and then wily son of a bitch from michigan would come out the wily bitch from michigan is that like a like a gang the wily you know boys sobs <laughs> yeah. wily boys they're just a bunch of wily boys they're jumping the fucking what's the thing that homer does <laughs> he jumps the the fucking canyon right what is that called yeah. man? jesus christ dude ravine is that what it is i don't know man it's one of my favorite simpsons gags because well mostly when he gets picked up on the stretcher <laughs> and the stretcher goes back down i'm like well that's perfect <laughs> If that's not a metaphor uh, for my life. There, there used to be a super cut on YouTube of Homer just getting hurt, and I would just watch it anytime I wasn't feeling good about things. <laughs> it's so good. Well, it's uh, good because you know he's always going to come back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He'll make it. His, his, like, two or three hairs will get all, like, mangled or whatever, like fucking twisted up do you think that the end of the simpsons is going to be them like just saying all the things that happened have finally caught up to all the characters you know so like mr burns has to die on page one sentence one suddenly drawn like hyper realistically yeah dude stimpy where we do a close-up and it was just like veins and shit yeah and poor yeah no it starts with mr burns like fucking dead in the coffin open casket dude all right and you just see him being. are you pitching the finale for the simpsons i think we should man i think we should i think you got fucking like uh what what's what's ernie and uh what's his homie what's his 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 homie in that you talking about lenny and carl lenny and carl my bad why i say ernie oh my god my bad. They're kind of the Burton Ernie of the yeah, show. Yeah, they kind of are. Right. So Lenny and Carl and fucking Homer, they all have fucking like cancer from working at the nuclear plant, right? <laughs> yeah. like, 
Naturally. Yeah, like you gotta like just be within the world. This is a fucked up world. Like even children, there's like a class action lawsuit against the yeah. estate of the of the Burns estate because remember <laughs> they were hiding like uranium into trees and shit. Yeah, like like they make it clear that like the reason that everybody in town has four fingers instead of five <laughs> is because of the radiation. <laughs> so it's not even a comedy it's, it's the a reason for thing, all the man. bald ugly children is what they say and the deformed fucking heads right yeah. we thought it was hair no that's lisa's head maggie everyone's head. fucked up god. oh god man. i wish that they had never shown uh marge's hair down in flashbacks because mm-hmm. we could just have a world where her head grew that way you know what i mean oh, like that's all fucking that's nightmare bro. Fuel, <laughs> that's not, so, so they all have cancer fucking you know Mo dies of cirrhosis of the liver. Like it's got to be a real downer ending. Who gets Marge that? would have a breakdown finally that like lasts. That was like well over two. I feel like the whole yeah. show is that like she should have had multiple breakdowns but doesn't. You know what I mean? Well, like, she does have a breakdown. There are a few episodes where she does, but she bounces back, right? Well, there's like one episode that I really love where she like breaks down, but it's played for laughs, and it's like I forget yeah. what the episode is, but it's when whenever she's on a bridge and she just like stops driving. Well, on that one's actually. Yeah, yeah. No, the one I was referring to was um, when he goes to work for, like, Hank Scorpio. Is that his name? And they give him, like, the house. And, and like, the house is a self-cleaning house, so she doesn't know what to fucking do with herself. Yeah. She's like, I've started drinking wine. And, and then she's like, the doctors say you're supposed to drink two wine a day, but I can only bring myself to drink one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, man. She, like, pours the, the glass, and it goes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> It's like a single glass of wine. That's my point, man. Like that shit needs to get real. So harrowing alcoholism at this point. Yeah, um, I mean, Mar- Marge is gonna have a fucking meltdown. As you soon think as kids are out? Bart of the house. and Lisa have like she a bond needs to be needed. I feel like those two are the ones that, like, yeah, they were adversaries and shit growing up, and they were natural foils, but they had to rely on each other to get through this fucked up upbringing in this fucked up town where there was just emotional abuse and shit like that so like you know dad's fucking dying mom's a drunk now i actually, I actually lisa, have a pet lisa never talks a pet theory about their dynamic a little bit and it's that bart is every bit as smart as lisa but throughout the show you see like a trend of emotional belittling and abuse towards bart where like oh, his hobbies especially and interests in the early are, seasons dude yeah, yeah. well there, there's this great part where like bart admits to having a stamp collection and everybody laughs at him, and he looks like he's going to cry. And then Lisa goes, well, Bart's problems are funny, but mine are serious. It's when they get all their shit stolen, and Bart yeah, gets yeah, his stamp yeah. collection stolen, and she gets her saxophone stolen. It's like Bart has a personal interest in something that it's makes him stamps. happy. <laughs> like, it's stamps. It's funny, but at the same time, it's like that's something he loves doing. No, but that's my point. I feel like that is – like I've never met like a fucking idiot who's into stamps. Like everyone yeah. who's into stamps seems to be like a pretty fucking smart person who just right. for some reason likes <laughs> so you're right it's just like but his fucking hobbies are ridiculed to the point where he has to keep that shit a, a secret you know yeah yeah sad, so he's constantly man. tamping down like what makes so does he resent her or is it even better yeah, is, lisa, resent- is, is lisa like a fucking opiate addict and shit like that you know like she doesn't want to be well i think she would be like more into like adderall or like something like that she gets addicted to uppers you know, okay. just to be more productive in an increasingly competitive place sure. because yeah, yeah. she's coming from springfield where she's the smartest fucker around but she gets out of Springfield, she realizes yeah. there are tons of people just as smart, if not smarter than her. So she's got to compete. Yeah. Right? So she gets addicted to those those pills, man. Adderall. Yeah. She's just a four-fingered yeah. fish in a five-fingered <laughs> fish world, you know? Yep. <laughs> got that Springfield curse. Uh, 
But yeah, so she, all right, so she comes back, but she's got some Adderall addiction. So what's Bart's fate here? Because I feel like Bart has really been straddling this line between like he could be this part. We've seen moments, you know, where he has like this real forward relationship and like a desire to be this better person and shit like that. Well, the problem is Bart has nobody in his life that's encouraging him. Except Flanders. To, to realize his potential. So yeah, unless Flanders gets in there and saves the day, I think that Bart... Uh, you know, has a series of like part-time jobs that he, you know, continues to fuck up. So it's no happy ending for anyone. Is there a happy ending? This is like, because I imagine um, that Smithers is having to deal with the Burns estate during the Ma- class. Maggie action gets adopted by uh, a wealthy couple and becomes a successful stockbroker. Oh, see, I was going to pitch that Maggie just had severe autism and never developed, <laughs> never developed speech. Like that wasn't a thing that she was a baby. Like Homer she and Marge, like, what, she had they dwarfism just, plus yeah, autism. They wouldn't admit it to themselves. Like maybe we should get her tested. No, no child of mine, Marge. Like he was real like, mad at that. All, all the children at this point in the show are like 30 or whatever. <laughs> they won't leave the But they, they haven't grown past a certain height because of all the radiation. <laughs> Uh, man, I just feel like it's a fucked up town. I don't know if there's any way to end it, you know? Like, that's the problem with it. There is no real way to end it, you know? Ex- like, except for what I'm pitching, which is the apocalyptic just, road just, version. This is like the six feet under version finale of fucking The Simpsons, you know? Gotta or you, you end it with like the old style shitty version of Homer waking up as if from a nightmare and oh. the entire show. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I had a crazy dream, Marge. I think like that's something they would probably do. Like that's just shitty enough that mm-hmm. <laughs> that they would do it. They pull out of a fucking yellow snow globe, and it would be uh... <laughs> actually they pulled out of a snow globe, and it was Maggie who had imagined this the whole time. I'd be I'd yeah. be blown away. I'd be real happy about it. And her doctor is oh, fucking Doctor uh, Ju- Julius Hibbert, <laughs> and he's sitting there mm-hmm. in his like sweater. And everyone in the Simpsons was just uh, someone in her her like autism class or something they got autism classes right autism class oh man i'm gonna be late for my autism you want to skip fourth period nah it's autism class i gotta beat it (laughs) (laughs) i'll write you a note (laughs) just a very pugnacious but jovial autist He's very, very on the it's left a, of the spectrum. It's like a, it's like one of those Rain Man jokes where they think that it's artistic class, but it's really autistic class. <laughs> He's like, I'm an artist. We don't say our ahs around here. Did Hoffman win for that movie? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking hope not. 